Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim, and welcome to the Backstage Show. This week on the Backstage Show, as promised, we will be continuing our interview from last week with Kevin and Christine Robinson. That's right. Our original plan was to try to combine uh, talking about being a treasurer and kids shows in one episode, but discussion went a bit longer and we found we had enough material to have separate episodes for each. So, Indeed. And that was pretty much our original plan from way back when was to have those as separate episodes, so it's just as well that it worked out that way. So hey, the plan worked out. Well, or better than we expected. Indeed it did. So I guess without further ado, uh, we will continue with our interview as it was left off last week. But this time we'll be talking about kids shows. Enjoy. Take it away, us. So speaking of shows, let's talk about kids shows. And They're so fun. And we say kids, we're talking about under 18, non-adults, yeah. minors. So that could be also teenage-oriented shows as well. Yes. So beyond, like, having to obtain clearances and background checks for every adult involved in it, what are the differences? Well, at Barley Sheaf, the kids' show is for 7-year-olds to 13-year-olds, and the teen show is 13 through just graduated high school. 18, usually. Ish. Or 19. 19. <laughs> When I graduated high school. Um, And the kids show at Barley Sheaf, we tend to run it more as a workshop camp setting where you're learning more about um, how theater works while also putting on a show. Mm -hmm. And then the teen show is just teens putting on a show where they follow basically the same format as one of our adults shows would be for a regular season, Um, just that they're younger actors We do require the clearances, as Glenn mentioned. We also have a policy that uh, you cannot be, an adult can't be alone with a teen. You need to, or a youth, have two adults present. Mm -hmm. So that we just assure everyone is safe and there's no... um, That was kind of something I figured as far as you probably generally have to have more support staff to... To do these shows. Yes. Um, speaking, thinking back to the podcast from last week, um, the producer is definitely always at rehearsals, um, especially if it's not a, a musical review or choreography review. The producer definitely steps in as that second adult there so that you're not alone. And we tend to do that even if it's going to be one teen or youth or a group of them we just try to always stay in pairs it just is safer and it's more fun so mm. it it works out for everyone to have safety in numbers and <laughs> most of us also tend to be in some aspect of education so we're also just used to working with that mm-hmm. that level i um, would imagine that having that skill set probably definitely goes a long way towards working on these shows yes. And those shows are all in the summer. and During the day. Well, the kids' show during the, the day. The, yeah. the kids' show at Barley Sheaf takes place from usually like 11 to 
Like they rehearsed from yeah, noon, noon to three. Well, that kind of makes sense since you explained it was set up sort of like a camp. Right. Yep. When I, I directed the kids show for four summers, I believe it was, um, and consulted for another three. And we would, you know, start each rehearsal with like a greeting and getting to know you type games. And then like first rehearsal day then went into where's stage left, where's stage right, where's upstage, downstage, and playing games with just learning those basic things. And we would try to have people who had specialties come in. So someone who really knows lighting came in one day and did a, like a half hour mini workshop on theater lighting for the kids to learn. Um, we could use more that here. That. <laughs> um, I learned a lot. I learned what gobos were and that the lamps are like 5,000 watts. I'm like, no wonder I'm hot when I'm on stage. <laughs> yep. Well, so, well, if the change over to LEDs, that should go down by quite a lot. That's true, yes. Yeah. Some of them are not as hot. Sure. Although we're not all but we're not, we're all not LED switching. Yet. Yeah. I don't think we have any, do we? Yeah. Okay. So that is always nice. And we try to do some activities where we bridge the get up between the two programs. So when the teen show is in performances and the kids show is close to performances, the teens come to the kids' rehearsal and do a couple numbers from their show, and then the kids do some numbers from their show and they talk and have a question answer time. Um, because most often the kids get old enough and then start auditioning for the teen show. So it's nice to have that partnership in there. Right. I thought you were about to say the teens come in and heckle the kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, sir, sure, that happens too. <laughs> well, no, it's to get but them you, used to an audience. Right, right. <laughs> Sometimes an unkind audience. <laughs> Persevere, um, power through. Okay, we maybe also not. try to instill, like, you know, as I mentioned last week, you know, we're community theater, so we have to have the community in mind. So the teen show, the Saturday before tech, goes to four different retirement homes in the area and perform selections from their songs to the residents. So we're providing that for the community, and they are also singing the same songs four times right before tech week. <laughs> <laughs> so they get that extra practice in there that they always need, and we give back to the community. We used in to that do, regard. We used to do very and the treasurer gets practice for getting extra rights. Exactly. <laughs> and, that's, and, and that is one of the reasons why we started doing that. Christine started doing that during the adult shows that she's done where, it, where it's warranted because the teen show has been doing that for years and years and years, right? Right, mm -hmm. and why should the teens be the only ones providing that back to the retirement homes? So sure. We, we, had, we did something similar when I was in high school for the shows we did in high school where we would, mm -hmm. we would either go to other schools in the district and kind of do sort of a excerpt condensed version of some of the key mm -hmm. numbers of the show mm -hmm. or I think I soon recall going to retirement home at some point and doing something like that, whether it was the whole show or just parts of it. Mm -hmm. Now, would you say that doing kids and teen shows, do you think that there's more of a need to focus on anything and like more focus on lines, more focus on blocking than you might in uh, an adult show? Um, so for the youth show, the kids show, definitely they, you know, are some of the younger actors who are seven are still just even learning how to read. So um, for the <laughs> kids point. show, we we often pair a 13-year-old with a seven-year-old and we call them buddies. And we'll have okay. time where buddies get together and practice lines and do things to help each other because, like, you know, 
they, they're new to this and they need that extra practice and that time um, with an older person. Um, I do find with the teen show that they are better than even working with adults. <laughs> they listen better than the adults. Um, so when it's like time for notes and you're like, all right, let's go notes, quiet down. They do because I think they're still in school and they're used to listening to teachers doing that. So they're able to listen to the directors and the producers, whereas adults, they're more your peers, your directors and your producers. So you're not necessarily listening as well. I'm sorry. I was on my phone. Did you repeat that? Um, do you think like the kids tend to like, like most of the teen shows, the way they do it at Barley Sheaf, do you think it's usually actors that have already done the kids shows? Or are they just kind of moving on to that? Or are there some new ones in there as well? It's probably half and half ish. Mm-hmm. We tend to get a lot of kids show alum and then they talk to their friends at high school, mm-hmm. come audition with me. And then we get new, new people because they know someone else. Um, a huge, part of both groups is just word of mouth. Like we don't really even advertise a whole lot about yeah, when our we programs. Sell, speaking of uh, going back to treasure stuff, we never do ads. Like we never pay for ads for the teen show for or the kids show really for auditions or for the actual shows themselves because there's no need. Because when you have such a large pool of talent, the, they you know, the word of mouth just spreads like, you know, you have 96 teens or whatever, 90 teens audition. For 40 parts. Right. Whoa. Uh, So yeah, it's, that's quite the cattle call. Uh It's, it's not to go back to treasure, but it's fantastic for the theater financially to have those two programs. Like it helps the, with community outreach fantastically and it's, and they're great programs, but they also, we always know that we're going to sell out all of those performances. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that tends to be why I haven't gone to them at Barley Sheaf because I'm like, I feel like I'm taking a seat away from a parent or a grandparent. Uh-huh. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just taking their third seat away. Exactly. You're away. just taking the third time <laughs> yeah. that they're seeing the show. But it's not like, if I don't go, it's not like they're not going to sell out. <laughs> right, exactly. Way. Yeah. And, you know, I think our teen show is one of the best shows in our season purely because, you know, like, like Kevin mentioned, sometimes we have 80, 90 people audition and we only mm-hmm. cast about 40. And, they, even our ensemble, were typically leads in their high school shows. <laughs> so you've got really strong talent across all 40 cast members, and they put their heart and soul into it, and they're totally dedicated towards it, um, that it's just rock star. Um, and it's a great experience. And they love to do, like, they have a lock-in each time where... They ask the production staff to stay all night long and they stay up all night long and play games with the theater lights out running around trying to chase each other and eat pizza and it's good bonding times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sounds like a great experience from their point of view at least. (laughs) uh, When people could do that at that age. Uh, Yeah. And I, the teens <laughs> and the you. kids alike tra- tend to have cast parties after every show. And it's great to see, you know, kids from all different school districts getting together and hanging out and making new friendships. And those friendships tend to last through the years, you know, with Instagram now, you know, we see the Barley Sheaf teens, they're hanging out all year round, even though they go to separate high schools because they met at Barley Sheaf. Nice. I think, I guess, doing this over the summer kind of really opens that up to kind of make it a really 
pretty critical experience or a big experience for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that kind of makes sense. With so many people being involved, I guess. I, well, first off, I had ima- I have to imagine that most of the shows that you're doing are probably musicals because they tend to be gravitated towards larger casts. Yes, that is the truth. Although I rebelled one year when I was directing the kids' show, I myself am not super musically talented. And if I'm lucky, maybe I'd get a chorus part in a show. So I was starting to feel bad for kids who weren't musical, that they didn't have an option for a summer program because they were all musical. Mm -hmm. So one year I did do a street show. We did The Emperor's New Clues. Um, That was not a musical. And it went over well, but even they all loved it. They wanted to do a musical the next year. (laughs) So we went back to doing musicals. But um, I felt good that we were able to do a year with a straight show. Change it up a little. if there were any kids. Yeah, Mm -hmm. change it up. And kids who aren't musical could have an opportunity to be involved or spotlighted in a lead role because they didn't need to be able to have lead role singing. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. That's a very good point. Um, we also Hard. have done some of our benefit shows have been either partially or fully teen casts. The mm-hmm. last benefit we did was in January 2020, and it was a cast um, of all teens and young 20s. Um, I think our oldest cast member was 24. So I gave them another opportunity in the season to perform, and it was a straight show as well. So again, it got that opportunity for those kids who aren't as musically inclined to have parts and just be at Barley Sheaf another time than the summer. Right. And we have, uh, we have usually two board, two board members that are, that represent the teen and youth, uh, areas. So right now we have two, they split two the high position. schoolers. Yeah. They that, each get that half split the vote. position. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's two. We even just, had three ones. Yeah. yeah. The, the, yeah, the teen and youth rep. I think Barley Sheaf is kind of unique in that circumstance because I, I, at least the other theaters I've been involved with do not have any teen presence on the board at all. And mm-hmm. It's, it's nice been, that Barley Sheaf does It's a it. really interesting perspective. Yeah, they and been a huge help with giving different perspectives or technology advice. We did a... I feel so old saying <laughs> that, but it's totally true. Like we, you know, we, we did a video, one of those sort of past the past the hat sort of fundraising things where you, you know, somebody has a bag and they move it across to the left of the camera and then the other person takes it from the right. But it's Mm -hmm. all, you know, it's all put together that way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of our, one of our team board members uh, put that together. She sent out directions for the rest of the board members of how to do it. And she (laughs) edited it together. And we did a great fundraiser for the home of the Sparrow where we collected school supplies. And that was our promotional video for it. And without, you know, she was at the board. I never saw that video. Oh. Where was that video? <laughs> on Facebook oh. and Instagram. And, and Instagram. I, I missed it on Instagram. It, oh, it was summertime. Yeah, follow on Facebook. I'll find a link and send it to you. Um, Somebody needs to get that YouTube uh, channel back up to date. Oh, oh, wait. It, just you wait. It's going to be real busy real soon. Monologue hmm. Mondays are coming. Awesome. But, you know, like the, our teen rep was at the board meeting and we were talking about, you know, we connected with Home of the Sparrow. We were going to do a contactless donation drop off. Um, how we're going to get the word out. And she suggested it and she offered to put it together. And, you know, it was invaluable to have that um, availability. And the teen, our current teen reps have been very awesome at just even talking about 
regular season issues and having great input and and perspective to yeah. it. Like I'm really glad that we have that as a board position. Yeah. Does it have that to be a teenager? Great. Yes. Sorry, Jamie. Okay. Yes, it does. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't sure if we established that. Yes, they are. The no, I'm not saying I'm running for the job. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the, so the, the the teen and youth representative is usually or is is always a teen or youth. And no, I, it has I, to be a teen. Yeah, it it cannot be. I think uh, I'd rather apply also... for treasurer. <laughs> <laughs> really I do remember what I was going to ask a little bit earlier. So one question I had was, I guess, to do auditions have to be approached differently in these situations? We run them very similarly to the rest of our season, but they definitely, particularly the youth ones, they're not often have auditioned before where they stand up on a stage and slate and say, hi, I'm so-and-so and I'm singing blah, blah, blah from this show. And then just start singing with an accompanist. So several, you know, we always talk about it before the audition starts. This is what you'll do, model it for them. But then, you know, you have your kids who get up there and they cower, their shoulders come up to their ears, right. the tears start to come. So they'll often- The stage fright you know, kicks in. Exactly. So, oh, why don't you come stand right next to the piano on the house floor? Okay, just sing from there and, you know, offer them, you know, you did great. Do you want to go stand on the steps and do it now? Like, so there's <laughs> definitely a little bit, you know, you have to think about the developmental appropriateness of, of who their age and what they're doing. Uh, the teens, though, it's it's pretty cutthroat. You know, they do just like the adults do. And at callbacks, it's sometimes... Everyone auditioning for this role, stand up there. Okay, sing this, these two bars, okay, then, or whatever, I'm not musical, remember? Sing this piece, <laughs> and then now you sing it, now you sing it, now you sing it, because we have so many auditioners yeah. that we have to utilize time and go right through it. So. Right. The last, yeah. um, the last maybe point I wanted to make on this topic was there's been a increasing ubiquity of shows that are kind of adaptations of adult shows that are specifically steered towards uh, teen performers. Um, yes, there has. So maybe you want to talk a little bit about that if you could, as far as, you know, kind of how those adaptations work and what makes them kind of special for the, and better suited for that sort of app, uh, audience. Is it a good thing or a bad thing to be doing this? Well, I think it depends on the show. And I think one thing that I learned that I hadn't really known is sometimes those adaptations are purely adjustments for vocal range in that teens and even the more so the kids, their range is much different than an adult's. So they rewrite the octaves or whatever okay. those musical things are to be better for that vocal range of teenager or youth. Um, they do also take some liberties with changing the content or the, the language to be more developmentally appropriate. We did uh, Curtains, the musical, a couple of years ago with our teens, and the script came as the actual script, and then every once in a while there would be a set of parentheses with an alternative line that you could use if you felt... And we did choose to use almost all of them because remembering that we start at 13, while we would be totally fine with the 18, 17, even 16-year-olds saying those, we had 13-year-olds in the cast. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we, would, we did often choose the alternative lyric just or dialogue piece because it was just better for all people involved in, in the production. We Makes also, sense. at Barley Sheaf, you know, it's follows the same as our regular season where the 
directors proposed the show um, for the youth and the teen show. They just proposed directly to the board, and the board chooses the show. Most directors tend to propose at least the teen shows, the shows that the high schools aren't going to do, so that the kids are getting an opportunity to do something different. Mm -hmm. You know, it still has to be appropriate, but it might not be the shows that the, t the high schools are going to lean towards because the high schools have more parameters to follow. I, I don't know if you want editorializing up as to whether the junior versions are good to do or not when they are changing the contents of the shows or the size of the shows or what have you. But it's interesting just from a rights perspective that there are a lot of the junior shows that aren't available as adults. So like <laughs> Les Mis, you cannot get the rights to do Les Mis as an adult show. Um, you can't get the rights to do Frozen the Musical uh, because it's on Broadway. Mm -hmm. I guess it technically closed and it's touring, but kids can still, regardless of whether you think that the junior version is, is a, you know, not as good as the, as the full version or what have you, mm -hmm. the kids can at least have that opportunity of performing in something that you that they wouldn't otherwise be able to do as an adult, uh, right. which I think is pretty cool. Are, do I think that the Book of Mormon Jr. would be a good idea? <laughs> of course, of course not. But, but for some of the other shows, I think it's a, I think it's a great, a great way to, to get butts in seats because it's an, it's a name, right? Mm -hmm. Which isn't necessarily sure. needed for kids shows so much, but to get them to be able to perform like a high school to do Les Mis. That, that that might be the only time in their entire lives that they'll be able to, to do Les Mis. That's you know? very true. Do they have like uh, casting restrictions on these junior versions? Like if yes, you're doing the do. version? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and what happens if they're like, uh, you can only cast somebody from 10 years to 15 years? I mean, because Barley Sheaf kind of, their kids' shows are a little bit younger than that and the teen shows are a little bit older than that. Like, do uh, they... You know, to be, to be honest, uh, Glenn, I haven't, or... Barley Sheaf hasn't actually done a junior. We were supposed to mm. last summer. We, we were supposed to, but then, then the pandemic occurred. Mm. Uh, we, we've done one, I think we did Honk Junior, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. maybe two or three years ago, but that's the first junior that I think we've done. So mm. I'm not really versed enough in the contract language to really answer that question, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. Yeah. I feel like they aren't that specific. If I had mm -hmm. to guess, I would hope, but yeah, you know, I think it's more like it has to be just minors. Right. I know when you get into some of them have school editions, like sometimes barley, like community theater could do it. Sometimes they can't, like you have to look at the contracts really carefully. Mm -hmm. There, It's a lot of read the fine print. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. The last question I just have to throw in here is I, I have to imagine this has probably come up at some point, but especially if you're doing a musical and you have adolescence, there's got to be the possibility or chance that you have to deal with people's vocal ranges might potentially change during the production of the show. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I know that I've heard a story about a boy who that happened with during a, the rehearsal process of a teen show. I have not seen it happen during the summer I guess because we audition in the end of April, beginning of May, and they are up in July. Yeah, it's there's a not a lot of time. Yeah. yeah, it's a narrow window, so the chances of that change happening in that short span. Um, <laughs> but I do know that before I got involved, there's a story about a boy who had that change happen and went from a 
a, a high octave to a lower octave. And they just adjusted it and it right. worked out. I, I could see that definitely happening in a theater like one of our neighboring theaters in Pottstown, uh, north of us, Steel River, was doing Matilda. And they auditioned in January. And, you know, they weren't, the show wasn't going to go up until June. Because a lot of theaters will audition, you know, they'll do all their auditions at the start of the season for mm -hmm. even towards the end of the season, right? Mm. So in June it would be when the show could go up. That totally could happen. You it's know, a possibility. For us, and oh, absolutely, yeah. I guess it's just something you have to be prepared for. Yeah. Potentially. <laughs> All right, so I guess that about wraps up Kids Show. We'll see. We may have more coming up with Kevin and Christine next episode. Ooh. We'll see if we're able to do that or not, but... In the meantime, if you have any comments or questions or episode ideas or whatever, you can contact us by visiting our website, backstage.link, and clicking on Contact the Show. And, of course, you can leave us a voicemail or text message by calling our special number, 267-225-8869. Again, that number is 267-225-8869. Whatever happened to your, uh, your little jingle you had for that? I wrote a jingle for that. I don't remember. <laughs> it was in the outtakes one week. I don't know. Okay. Uh, two, six, seven, you... two, two, five, eight, eight, six, nine. That was close, but I think the nine went back. I, anyway. <laughs> so if you do leave us a voicemail, we may use it in a future episode. Uh, if you have enjoyed this show, please subscribe. If you haven't already for the few episodes that we have remaining, leave us a review <laughs> and tell a friend about us so they can subscribe and listen to the last few episodes. Next week, or the week after, or the week after that, or next month, or whenever we're back. Maybe more with Kevin and Christine. Maybe not. Maybe we'll get back to them some other time. We don't know. We'll be around. We'll hang out. You guys are a delight. So whenever you want, and so are you. That's right. We've we've thoroughly enjoyed having you join us for this. Awesome. So until next episode, whenever that is, I am Glenn and I'm Jim, and thank you for joining us backstage. Hasta la vista. Baby. <laughs> <laughs>
the We went really off the rails here. Uh-huh. Oi. So yes. anyway, Where now that we've hell were wasted we? yeah. Um I was gonna ask something else and it fell out of my head. I'm sorry. Mm. It's that okay. that happens sometimes. <laughs> it does. <laughs> The other Either point. Way. Of, sorry. Go ahead. Different topic, so go ahead. Well, no, go ahead. I'm. I'm give me a you can moment. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's totally good. Uh, you can put it in the outtake, but you can edit it out of the main episode. May the force be with what? you, Harry.